Did it sound okay? It sounded just fine. Okay, then it's just my shitty internet, <laughs> as I suspected. All right, well. How are we going to start? <laughs> first of all, I, I thought for a theme song, what do you think if we just yell the name of the theme song over and over again and then have somebody add some backing music? How's that grab you? How about just like, hey everyone, and welcome to you, and then you're like Josh, and I say, and Cassie, and then we both go, yell about movies, and that's it. <laughs> A lot of podcasts have like a little intro theme song or whatever, but you know. Yeah, we can have music behind it. All right, well, we can do that afterwards. So let's start. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Josh and Cassie yell about the movies. Hi, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm a freelance entertainment journalist. Well, dang, I don't have a cool title like that. What? What no. I'm Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great. Oh. I am also a freelance entertainment journalist. Okay. <laughs> and we thought it'd be fun to yell about movies. I've been told I have crappy opinions. By just me or like other people too? Oh, just you. No, it's just, it's just you so far. <laughs> and so the first film we're talking about today in our very first episode is Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd heard a lot about this film, and I have a huge stack of DVDs from SAG. I was feeling guilty about not watching, and I chose this one. How did you end up watching the movie? Well, sources that will go unnamed. <laughs> but it was something that I really, really wanted to see. Like, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to see this. So I bugged, bugged and bugged someone <laughs> who had the means to get me a copy, like, legally. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, so yeah, so that's, so that's how I wound up seeing it. And... It was funny because then when it finally came out on VOD a few weeks later, suddenly mm -hmm. everyone started talking about it. And I was like, you know, yeah, well, the party guys, hello. Yeah, I, I actually haven't seen the trailer. Just everybody was talking about it on Twitter. And I was like, well, this is one of my- Never own. saw the trailer. You never saw the trailer. So did you not know what it was about at all going in? No, no, I, I, I didn't. But as soon as the movie started and you see like these guys looking at Carrie Mulligan looking drunk or passed out or on drugs or whatever, and they're eyeing her and checking her out. I was like, she's going to turn the tables on them somehow. And then my dad was watching. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the movie to watch with my dad. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I didn't know anything about it. What's in the trailer? So the trailer, first of all, there's like this super cool acoustic version of the song Toxic by Britney Spears in it. Mm -hmm. You know that song, Toxic? For sure. So that, yeah, so that was really cool. But they definitely set it up. So you think it's going to be this sort of fun revenge fantasy, which I know is kind of like what you said you were kind of expecting too. But that's how they, that's what they lead you to believe that it is, which is fine. You know, it's whether or not you think it ends up that way is another a whole other deal. But that's going into it. I thought it was going to be a lot of fun and just really silly and outlandish and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if that's what they were going for, if they were like trying to intentionally mislead a little bit. I think maybe they were. <laughs> I uh, think they were. I think that was the whole point, yeah. personally. Well, I mean, the movie definitely misleads you all the way through. Like after the first guy you see here on the highway for some reason, like with what looks like blood and it's ketchup on her arm from a hot dog. Yeah. Totally, yes. <laughs> she wanted to teach these guys a lesson. I'm just wondering, how come she didn't kill all of them? 
Well, you know, there's some theories online. Some people think she actually did. I don't think it's that deep. I don't think like there's stuff we weren't actually seeing. She was just trying to change them. She wasn't trying to kill them. She wasn't, which brings them to another point that I don't think this movie is completely about revenge. We should have said, spoiler alert. Listen, <laughs> we should have said that. This whole show is going to be nothing but spoilers. I, I feel like for every movie. So, I mean, let's just. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see it so much as a revenge story as just a story about like depression and grief, really, sure. and coping with an incredible loss. And I think like, that's what I was saying, how in the trailer, they kind of lure you in like, oh, it's going to be this fun revenge flick. And then they do this gotcha where it's like, no, this is terrible. You know, this is, this is what happens when someone goes through such a traumatic incident. You know, she lost her best friend and it's not something that can be tied up with a, with a pretty little bow at the end, because that's just not how life works. And that's, I think, what I appreciated the most about the movie. And the, the ending, which, I mean, oh my gosh, when it came out on VOD, the amount of crazy discourse I saw on the ending was just like blowing my mind. Some people really disliked it. You had feelings about the ending. What were your feelings about the ending, Josh? <laughs> I was, well, let's I was, go, let's go, no. Uh, you're skipping all the way to the end. I mean, in one sense, I was like, well, this is different. And then even in the revenge fantasy, which I still think this is, I mean, you want to sort of feel good at the end. I, I equate it to like Kill Bill. At the end, she's driving away in the highway. She kills everybody. She got her bloody revenge. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I want, you know. Um, that's what you want. But that's what I'm saying is that's not how it works in real life. And so that's why I appreciate it that it wasn't the typical Hollywood ending. Now, I will also say, though, that my friend who provided me with the viewing experience, because <laughs> he had issues with it as well. He did not love it. And I said, you know, what's wrong with you? He said, I went into it already loving it. Like I was excited, you know, we're all so starving for new media <laughs> in the last year. Like I was excited for that reason. Like stupid things like that. You know what I mean? I know I'm like a child. That really excites me. I was excited because the lead character's name was Cassie and so was mine. So I will definitely admit that I was biased going into it. And <laughs> probably skewed my perception a little bit because I wanted to love it and I did. Well was there anything about it you didn't love? So the some of the timing of the events the way they all lined up at the end were just like too perfect if you know what I you know what I'm saying? It's like every movie you know someone gets handed a note and then that's like the whole thing but for me it felt like I mean obviously life was on hold but like at the beginning she teaches two different guys a lesson but like the second guy I mean did we really learn anything new from the second guy? You know what I mean? Could that have been cut for length? God, I don't even remember who the second guy was. He was, it was like one of the nerds. From, he was one of the nerd characters from Superbad. Yeah. That's, yes, he wasn't Superbad. I was wondering what I knew from. Oh my <laughs> yes. gosh. <laughs> it was McLovin. Was it McLovin? Yeah, yes, McLovin. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, I did not put that together. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's fair. In, am I the only one? Maybe. I don't know. But okay. I thought there was going to be some sort of a twist reveal where like her parents that she was living with weren't actually her parents they were like Nina's parents or something because there was a disconnect between them but I guess that was the whole point like she just wasn't really connecting with anyone because she was just so broken inside but I totally thought they were going to turn out to like not even be her parents because she didn't seem to even like them that much she, she <laughs> I didn't, don't know but she didn't which is 
Which is why I like that thing near the end when her dad was talking about how they've been missing her for all this time, you know, when the boyfriend comes over. And then, anyway, speaking of Nina, what, what do we think happened? Did she, do we think she killed herself? That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was kind of implied. Well, I mean, it was implied. It doesn't say that, though. But Do you think, oh, I mean, did you think there was a possibility that the, the guys did it to her? Well, well, maybe. Obviously, there's one maybe, guy. I didn't even think of that. I just, thought know, it, I just thought she for sure killed herself. Well, now I don't know, though. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy. But I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. What did you think of Allison, Allison Bree's character? I really liked her. Well, I like her in everything, obviously. From Glow, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mad Men. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen Mad Men, but I mean, I remember her from Community mostly, to be honest. Oh. Really is getting like a niche like type character, though. I feel like she she plays that uppity like. Oh, she's crazy. golden. Yeah, I yeah I love. <laughs> she's I, good I, at it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved how she played against type the whole way through up until the very end when she's like, and don't ever call me again. Yeah. That that felt like her. Everything else felt she was like some floozy like rich party girl kind of character, and that, um, But hey, but who just got. And never had to worry about life. And she was like, oh, yeah, whatever. So a lot of what I saw on Twitter and what I was posting about, because I was obsessed with it, was the fact that this movie made Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton relevant again, which it's about time, in my opinion. I love that song. <laughs> Could you sing part of that for me? Thoughts on Stars Are Blind, please? No, I'll, absolutely not. This is not a singing podcast. What? I am not... I'm not subjecting the world to that. <laughs> oh, maybe I should have rewatched the entire movie right before you know I, I got on because I can't remember that song. You, I mean, that was like, like a pivotal point in the in the film, Josh. Listen, I just I, I just put it on. You got when they're when they're dancing in the supermarket or wherever they are. It's like a gas station or something, right? And he starts singing along, and she's like, wait, are you really singing Paris Hilton right now? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, right, yes, I got you. Yes. Yeah, that, and then it right. launches into a whole montage. Yes. Which is basically, I always, I saw it as, like, satirical, like, making fun of, you know, those, like, lovey-dovey montages they have in rom-coms or whatever. Sure. Which, so they start which, lulling you to that sense of, like, like, oh, you know, she hates all men, but then she found this one, and he's different. Oh, you know, here see, he is. They're in love now. I, I know. Like, and, um, <laughs> they, that's all, they, they also did that in Zoolander, where they, they did a, a fake montage like that, and then they ended up spilling gas everywhere, and the gas station blew up. They did. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. <laughs> a little different, but yes, they did. That was a good one. I, I really hated how the boyfriend turned out like all the rest of the guys. You know, I hated it, but I loved it, because guess what, Josh? They all do. <laughs> Listen, okay? And here's where the male versus female perspective comes, because I, I do think that it reads differently for women than it does for men who watch this movie. Yeah, I, I appreciated that he didn't just swoop in and, like, as this perfect hero figure and just save the day. Like, he turned out to be just as disappointing as the rest of them, which was oddly satisfying for me, because I feel like, you know... This Cassie understands what that Cassie was going through. Maybe not to that. <laughs> I know, but, but again, like the film like leads you to think that he, he's not, di he, he is different though. Like when he meets her in the beginning by, yes. she, she spits well, right. coffee. And, and yeah, they do. And, and that's, that's why I like it. I like that they, they kind of trick you into thinking it's going somewhere. It's not. And you're expecting the typical Hollywood ending. Well, so as, as a man, you know, I feel like a lot of men would think, isn't this just a movie about hating men, though? What do you think? 
yes, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, no, I mean, it's, it's a movie about the loving friendship between two women who are best friends and, and it's a bond that isn't broken even when one of them passes away and it changes the course of this one woman's life because she just, she can't get over it. You know, it's a story about losing a friend. The stuff with the guys is, I mean, it's the, the entertainment factor of the movie, but all that stuff is kind of incidental, I think, in the story of, you know, Cassie's life. Yeah. In my well, opinion. All right. Well, let me, let me ask you about the beginning of the film with that song, I Was Always Thinking About Boys. The movie starts like below their neck. So you just see like these lower, the middle, middle of these guys like dad bods sort of dancing around. And I felt like it's, it really looks unattractive to look at them that way. Did you think that too? The dad bods are unattractive or like those particular dad bods? Those particular. Like, do you, I mean, <laughs> am I supposed, am I supposed to be slightly turned off by all those, you know, pudgy dudes like sort of? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, you know, there's like, you know, there's like the male gaze in movies and this is like the reverse female gaze. We're definitely supposed to like see these men and think, yeah, no, they're, they're up to no good. Like, no, thank you. And I think it, <laughs> it achieved that pretty well. But if, reverse uh, female gaze. Yeah, but if they look like that, 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 look like that, that in the know. club, why do, why do so many of these men go home with these ladies? You know, obviously they've, they've been doing this every night with, you know, Cassie and other women too. That's a whole other conversation, my man. Like that's a that's a different conversation for a different podcast. <laughs> we won't get into that now. All right. Well, fantasy versus realism. Do we? If if she'd been going to that club, what I I guess ever since Nina's death, would there be like any guy there that would ever go back to that club after ten years? Right. True. Yeah. And that was, and they do mention somewhere in the movie, like, oh, you're that girl that like tricks guys, right? Like I've heard yeah. of you, you know, like, I feel like she would have, like the word would get around really, really fast as soon as she did something like that to like one guy. Right. And they would yeah. recognize her. I did have that thought as well. Yeah. Like how big of a city do they live in that she can get away with it? It's like, where are they? That no one, no one knows what she's up to. I mean, yeah, that almost makes it like a David Lynch film with right. uh, totally weird <laughs> realism there. Okay, so, oh, favorite part of the film besides the ending? Favorite part of the film? Um, so, as much as I love the Stars Are Blind sequence, there's a scene where she I, goes to- I hope you're going to say the same uh, thing I'm thinking of, so go ahead. The, the college dean? Is yes. That the one? That's yeah. Awesome. We agree. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, where she she sort of tricks the college dean into thinking that her teenage daughter is in a hotel room with a bunch of guys, right? Yeah. And this is after she confronted the dean by saying, "Listen, why weren't these these boys who assaulted my best friend held accountable?" And she basically brushed it off and said, oh, you know, guys are guys. They're fine. It's no big deal. And then, you know, she, of course, subsequently starts freaking out because she thinks her kid is alone in a hotel with a bunch of guys. And it's just sort of this, like, the look on Cassie's face is my favorite. Just like this sort of, she just looks really amused, you know, at how much <laughs> this woman is freaking out. And she's like, but I thought you said it wasn't a big deal, right? Like, I, I thought you said it was fine. Yeah. No, that was great, but it just reminds me, like, you know, obviously the men are complicit in this film, but like this 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 lady is complicit in the film also. I mean, what I mean, what yeah. does it yeah. say what does that say about 
the role of women in this film if they're also in on this right yeah yeah well yeah and Alison Brie's character too she totally brushed sure. it off yeah yeah no right you're right what is, does that mean everybody's terrible is this is this not just a man-hating the moral film, of this humanity. story is that everyone sucks <laughs> everyone just sucks that's, don't that's... trust anyone <laughs> stay inside for the rest of your life not a not a good bedtime story uh man yeah no the more i think about it yeah well well who i mean the the lawyer he was the only one who kind of redeemed himself in cassie's eyes right he was the only one who showed remorse yeah. remember that the lawyer mm -hmm. guy yeah so only trust lawyers that seems inaccurate <laughs> that <just sounds, laughs> doesn't seem right either uh, <laughs> yeah it almost seems like they had more scenes with that guy maybe they cut him out or something i don't know it felt unfinished kind of yeah because um, we only see him again at the very end getting a letter and then that's right. All right. Again, obviously it's a movie, but how did she coordinate all that with those letters? And the that, that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean too about the ending. Like, because you see a glimpse of the letter and it says something like, if you're reading this, I'm probably dead or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, so did she send it off? And then what if she didn't die? Would she have gone to the post office and be like, Hey, I need to get this letter back. And then I also had a question about the text messages. Mm -hmm. Can you schedule text messages? Is that a thing? Can you schedule text messages? This must be maybe on an app or something. I haven't heard of this. Because I was like, wait, like, this is very cool and everything. But, you know, it said, you know, right on his phone, it popped up scheduled. It said scheduled. So, like, you knew that it wasn't being sent. And I was like, I don't know if that exists. <laughs> so. I, I, I bet it does. But movies always sort of play around with technology, which feels weird to me. Like a lot of times you can't like show the logo of an iPhone or, yeah. or Apple or whatever. And you're like, you're like, come on, you can't just throw them a few bucks. Yeah. So I, yeah, I remember thinking I need to look into that to see if that's a thing. <laughs> and yeah, again, like the timing of everything was just too perfect. Like she scheduled the text messages for the exact minute that the cops come driving up like all dramatically to this wedding like how did it all happen to work out that well that was that was the part of the movie where i was like okay little over the top maybe maybe yeah. i'll admit okay well did did you like the way that she got her revenge or if she was going to do that why did she have to work at a coffee shop and live with her parents because it would have been easier <laughs> it would have been easier if she did become like a doctor and then she went out and did this afterwards and didn't live with her parents. And then her parents didn't know, wouldn't have to know she was sneaking around at night. Yeah. Well, I think that was part of the, the, the depression and the grief. Yeah. Like she didn't want to, she didn't feel the need to go on and accomplish things. She didn't want to, she didn't have the motivation. I, I was actually thinking at first I thought it was going to be like, like one of those, do you remember the movie, the life of David Gale? I think that's what it was called when she purposely had herself killed. I was thinking she it feels knew long, she was long ago to me, Cassie. For sure. It, I mean, yeah, it was like Laura Linney and I was I was joking about her age difference. I oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was a child when it came out, so but yeah, I was thinking Cassie knew for sure that she was gonna die. And that would have made more sense to me. Because then you know, she had the letter sent out. She scheduled the text messages, which you can supposedly do in this movie. But then, you know, the the letter she sent said, if you're reading this, like, I, I'm dead. So it, I don't, I don't know. And then a lot of the conversation that I saw online afterwards was she, she just knew there was a possibility she might not make it out alive. 
It would have it would have been more effective to me though if she was like, you know what, I'm gonna go in here and this guy's gonna. I just know he's gonna kill me. So this is what this is what I have to do. But I guess not everyone, not everyone saw it that way. I got you. Well, you know what I'm thinking of. It's like we we hold dramatic films to a higher standard than we hold action films. I mean, nobody cares when the the Fast and the Furious a car drives off a building and lands on the road. You know, <laughs> we just we're like, great, that's cool. But <laughs> in the drama, we hold things to a higher standard of realism. Yeah, exactly. It's like I just I wish I knew more like what her motivations were and what she actually thought was going to happen and what she intended to happen. I did read though that there was an alternate ending that was much less depressing that they did not wind up going with, which I'm happy about. So the alternate ending was the more Hollywood ending where she, you know, gets her revenge on this guy. She gets like a hard candy movie type revenge, (laughs) if you know what I'm talking about. And sort of, you know, walks off triumphantly into the sunset. And that was one of the, one of the endings of the movie. Yeah. And I think that's the ending a lot of people wanted and expected, Mm -hmm. but it's not what we got. And I think it made a bigger impact not having that, not having that ending. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's, that's fair. But obviously with that song, that triumphant song, just call me angel of the morning at the end. The movie mm-hmm. wants you to feel good, but is it tricking you? Does it not want you to feel good? Yeah. No, it's one of those rare movies where the ending just makes you feel really uneasy. And that doesn't happen a lot, where you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, what do I feel right now? You just, <laughs> I think I just laid there for a little bit, like staring at the ceiling. Like, what am I feeling? It's just like, you know, it's just one of those that really makes you think. And like, you know, I think I've already said, the message is there's no there's no winners in something like this. When something like that happens, there is no closure. Like it's just a crappy situation. It doesn't end in a, in a pretty way or a happy way. No closure. It never ends. Yes. In the context of this movie, I think that was what was trying to be portrayed. What's your final take on the movie? Final thoughts? Are we going to do something like that? Or do you want to, what do you want to do? I don't know. Do you want to give it like, like a out of 10 star out of stars are blind. (laughs) Uh, like nine out of ten. I'll, I'll, I'll rate this movie eight women out of ten. Okay, eight women out of ten. All right, yeah, I'm gonna rate it nine. You know, terrible boyfriends out of ten. <laughs> so it's nine for me. It's an eight from you. Yeah. There you have it. Okay. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, well, this is this was Josh and Cassie yell at the movies. Gosh, I don't think, did either of us actually yell? Maybe we need to work on that. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, We'll work on our screaming for next time. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. Neither one of us has made a podcast before, and this was also my first time editing a podcast. We're so happy to share this episode with you, so leave us a comment to let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.